the high road is not choosing between the good and the bad. Anybody can do that. You can do that without God. But the high road is choosing between the good and the best, and always choosing the best. Welcome back to the Baptist Friends Podcast with Dr. Clarence Sexton, where we gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism. We're here today with John Dalton, who is an evangelist and a church planter. He's been a pastor, and God has given him a great ministry to help local churches, and we're very grateful to have you with us today, Brother Dalton. Amen. Tell us a little bit about your family growing up. Well, I was raised in Kentucky, a little place called Sugar Grove, Kentucky, a large family, just barefoot country boys. Um, My father was killed in a car wreck when I was five years old. And because of that, it started a chain of events in my family where my older sister got saved. And uh, so it took a few years, but eventually every one of my brothers and sisters got saved. And, um, of course, that changed everything. And uh, I got saved when I was a junior in high school. And uh, God just—all I know is he changed me. My whole life changed because uh, I went back to school after spring break, carrying my Bible, witnessing to people. My friends all got saved principal met me at the door when I walked in the door and said, I heard you got saved, public school. The librarian met me. She said, I heard you got saved. And another student came up to me. And by the time I got to my homeroom, I, I was feeling depressed. I thought they must have put this in the paper or something. <laughs> but uh, God really changed my life with James. Tell me about how you came to know Christ as your Savior. You were from a very colorful area, moonshiners, people like that. <laughs> yeah. And what was it that God used to bring you to Christ? Well, I think because when my father died, I was bitter at God the rest of my life. I remember as a teenager, raising on a farm, it's a lot of hands-on work. And I would always feel inadequate because I didn't have a dad. And my stepdad and I did not get along. So having said that, that truly was working in my life because I knew there was a God. And I knew the Bible was the Word of God. And, um, and my sister was always asking me to come to church, always trying to talk to me. So when I was 13... I was a freshman in high school. I was in the Future Farmers of America. It was my big thing. And uh, I went to a father-son banquet. I won a, First time I'd ever won anything, I won a little blue ribbon or something. And uh, when I came up to guy, get it and went back to my seat, it hit me that I didn't have a dad. And so I became very bitter. I cried, not in front of everybody, but, but then I became very bitter for the next few years. I was pretty rebellious. But my brother-in-law, that, um, where he lived with all those moonshines, he had gotten saved. And I walked into his house, and he told me he got saved. I didn't. I really didn't know what the word meant. I thought he got pulled out of the river or something because he had run off in the river before. And he had, he said, John, if you, I'm going to leave, and I want you to read this track. And he had me a gospel track. It was pink. It was that one by John R. Rice. Because then I didn't know who John R. Rice was, but what must I do to be saved? I promised him I'd read it. I literally remember reading everything, even the copyright. I was on my knees, and I was looking out the door, making sure nobody could see me. But I remember asking the Lord Jesus Christ, can my heart save me? I believe, based on the authority of Scripture, that's the night I got saved. But within the next two weeks, on March 16, 1975, I went to Victory Baptist Church for my sister. But I went for myself, because at that time, something was changing I didn't understand. Went forward during the invitation and got the assurance of my salvation. And that was a spring break. I wasn't in school that week. It was a different county from where I lived. 
And my sister handed me a Bible. She said, Johnny, this is the Word of God. You need to read it. And I started reading the Bible in Genesis and Matthew on that, that Sunday. And for the whole next week, I was just reading Genesis and Matthew. And, I'd get, I just kept, and I've been doing that for 45 years. I've never changed that pattern. I read the New Testament more, but that's all I do. And um, when I went back to school the next week, I was carrying a Bible because I, I realized if I was lost, my friends were lost. And so the rest of my junior year and senior year, I had over 10 people saved that got saved. I didn't leave them, Lord, but they got, they, I, I got them to church or I got them to the pastor. And there's some humorous stories about that, but they got saved. The principal of the high school, which I had been in trouble with the years before, after I got saved, when I graduated, he met me at the door and told me that my life and my friends that got saved would change the whole public school. And uh, he would actually call me to go witness to people. He'd say, go talk to someone. So, but at the time, but all I can say is it wasn't anything in me. It was God just changed me. I mean, I was just so thankful that God saved me. And you know. God has used your life in many ways over the last 45 years. You've been a church planter, a pioneering church planter in an area where there's a large military base. You've been a pastor, mm-hmm. uh, an evangelist, and now you're doing the work of an evangelist and preaching and encouraging churches and supplying pulpits where there are churches that need a pastor. Uh, tell us a little bit about how the Lord called you into the ministry. Uh, thinking back on that over the years, recently I've even thought about that. A few days after I got saved, I remember being alone with the Lord and just thanking Him for what He'd done. And I remember the waves of emotion and tears that flooded my soul. And I think God did something great to me at that day. I, I didn't know it then, because why else would I have been a bold soul winner and all that? So... I went to college, Bible college. I didn't know why why exactly I was going. I just knew I wanted to do the right thing, and I went. Um, and I even won people there. But in, in 1983, this is unique, I actually went to Tennessee Temple. It was it was actually the month that Dr. Lee Robertson resigned. I went forward in a church service. That we, were, we were going to go back to school. My wife and I now were married, and we moved down there for a couple months. And he made that announcement while we were there. But um, I went forward in one of his meetings and surrendered to preach in 1983. And um, I was ordained in 92. I, I, I was a youth pastor and worked a full-time job most of those years or worked with the singles. My wife's always been there with me with winning people. Lord, we got people in the ministry. But in 91, I was college career teacher. I was on Grace Baptist Church in Bowling Green. I was excited about the Lord. And I was just miserable, and I would go to the altar and pray. I was, at that time, I already had four children, and uh, our family was blessed, um, I, but I didn't know what it was. So I actually went to my father's gravesite. Just I'd either read that from somewhere or something. I thought, well, I need a place to, you know. So I went there, not looking for something spooky, but just looking for a place. And I remember talking to the Lord and praying, saying, oh, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm miserable, and I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm living for you. I'm doing the right thing. What you know? I'm teaching Sunday school. And so I went through the list. I'll surrender to be a evangelist, I was surrendered to be a college teacher, you know, all these things. <laughs> and then it got to pastor, and I, I, I hesitated. And, of course, you got to know me, and I talked to God somewhere, I talked to other people, I said, Lord, surely not. I, 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 all I could think of at pastoring, and I was about 32 or 3 at the time, was uh, weddings and funerals. And I said, there's no way, I'm not proper enough for weddings and funerals. But anyway, I, doing all that, I remember surrendering. I said, Lord, if, if that's what you're asking me to do, I'll do it, you know. And God gave me peace. And within the next year, I I, didn't, I, didn't even tell, I told the pastor, 
But within the next year, I had three churches call me candidate, which never had happened before in my life. And I went there, and then in 92 of January, uh, a church called me in eastern Kentucky that my, my pastor, Marvin Carson at the time, that's the way I did it, he, he called me told me, said, go check this church out. So that's the first church I pastored. It was uh, Campbellsville Baptist Temple in Campbellsville, Kentucky. Well, you have a beautiful family, uh, three girls and three boys, all grown up now, and mm -hmm. your wife has been a great blessing in your ministry. Tell me about how you met your wife. <laughs> well, that's unique. I... Um, <coughs> I walked into Victor. I called my sister, uh, older sister again, one that did all the leading, and she. Um, I asked her for girls of dating. It would. I was 22. I wanted a, a girlfriend. Well, I actually wanted a wife. I, ne I never did date, even in high school. I didn't date. I was always waiting for a wife, you know. And uh, so, she told me about this girl that just got saved, was on fire for God, and she was a cheerleader, and she was, you know, all these things. And I said, No, you don't understand. I want somebody to go out with me. But anyway, so we went. I went to church that morning. The pastor introduced us. And it was one of those times where uh, I just, I mean, there was other girls in the, in the room, but I just really felt like she was the one. I felt an impression of the Lord. And we were far apart as can be. She was city, I was country, you know, she was proper, <laughs> all this kind of thing. But God put us together, and we, in the singles classes, we worked together. We were both winning people to the Lord. Uh, pastor would, matter of fact, she didn't think a lot about me at first, but the pastor had me preach. And after I preached, she told me later on, she said, oh, after you preach, I realized that you, you know, I probably didn't look like much, you know, but she knew that God had called me and wanted me to serve the Lord. And so we started serving the Lord together. And um, see, that was, uh, she was in college. So when she got out of college in May, she really had nowhere to go because her family was mixed up too. And um, so my sister, again, rented her a house, apartment in their house. So, and she stayed there till we got married. So, and that was August 16th, 1980. Well, it's great to see what God has done in your life. Tell us a little bit about your work with church planting. I know uh, a very large military base. You had started from scratch, really, and we had some students from Crown College back in 2000 that went up and helped mm -hmm. with some initial door knocking, and what a privilege it is to see God using you. And tell us a, a little bit about those pioneering works. Well, actually, that started uh, here at Crown when I was here. Uh, those years, uh, uh, of course, I didn't know where I was going to go after I graduated. But again, I was a little older, so. But I had I took a course or had a course. Somebody taught one here on church planting, and and God put on my heart at that time to start a church. Uh, I actually talked to my brother about Earl, and we sort of had in our mind that if God didn't open certain doors, that one day we would maybe go to New Mexico or somewhere start a college, start a church. So that was in my mind. So I researched that, put that all in there. I actually took a class on how to start a Christian school. That was all in there. In my in my mind and in my, some folders I had, when I when I and I actually pastored a church here, New Testament Baptist Church for the last few months I was here. When I graduated in '98, I resigned that church. What well, they already knew that, and um, Steve Grubbs with the Shenandoah Baptist Church asked me to come down and work with their homes, boys' homes. So I went down there with the idea in my mind that I was going to start a church or start a school and. After being there a year, he asked me asked me to start their school, so I was their first principal and administrator starting Shenandoah Baptist Academy. That was in 1999, and um, first graduating class 2000. So God put all that together. I worked with Steve. He helped me a lot. But during that time, a church called me to come and preach, pastor. To get there, I had to drive through Clarksville. I, now I was raised about an hour and a half from Clarksville in Kentucky, but I never had been there. And um, 
So when I drove through that town the first time to go to this other church about 40 miles on the other side of it, it's one of those things where God has depressed on my heart. What kind of church is here in Clarksville and the military? And so I actually, when I took that church, I started researching how many people. There was 105,000 at the time. Clarksville was the fifth largest city in the state of Tennessee, and it was growing in the military base and, and Austin P. and all this stuff. I got all these statistics together. So when I was passing this other church, I said, we need to go back there and start a work. I, I, and it wound up being me and uh, my wife and, uh, and we uh, we just there was a, a couple families that also wanted to start one there. I called all the pastors in the area, told them what I was doing, that I, wouldn't, I was going to come go soul winning. I d took nobody from anybody's church, and we had a couple of families. So we had, wound up having about 25 charter members. We started on September 2000, meeting in houses. I rented a church building from a Jewish doctor. He had bought a Presbyterian church that had left, and I met him and rented it off. I eventually led him to the Lord. Never could get him baptized. I led him to the Lord. And we rented a church building off him, and uh, God just took us from there. So That's amazing to see how God has used you in these many areas, and now you're in the work of evangelism. Tell us, how can we pray for you and your family? Well, I, I truly know that I am nothing but, but the Lord. But I, have, I understand the local church. I understand recently I had to go through an issue where I helped a church, and that was the issue. I, I, I separate all the... Uh, peripheral things and said, what would God have the church do? And uh, I feel like I can help local churches. I, I have a vision. Uh, I'm excited about God and uh, about what he's do doing. And um, I try to encourage, I really feel like my ministry is encouragement. I, I like to encourage preachers, encourage young folks to live for God. I mean, I, I mean, if, if you just knew me, if you could see me as that hillbilly, you might hear me as one, but I mean, Everything I've done is God. I mean, it's nothing in my DNA that would have brought me to where I'm at. And I truly know it's God. My wife and I know that. And she'll, she encouraged me. A lot of people say good things to me and say, you know, like you've said things, but I know it's God. I, I am obedient to the Lord. I, 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 like, I love the Word of God and stuff like that, but God's just been merciful to me, brother. Well, you've recently written a book. Tell us about the book, the title of it, and I've been able to read some of it. haven't been able to complete it yet, but it's been a real blessing. Well, to see some of the things that God has led you in. Yes, sir. Tell us about that book and how people could be helped with it. I entitled it The Art and Heart of Soul Winning. And um, the, the idea behind it was it, it's eight, it's basically eight lessons on soul winning. But between each lesson, and it's just the basic Roman road with meat added to it and, and stuff, prayer, I talk a lot about how to help. It's because it's such a local church book, it talks about how to do things in the local church and stuff like that. But between each chapter, I have a biblical example of somebody getting saved, like Agrippa, I mean, not Agrippa, but, you know, Paul or something like that. And then I have a one or two personal soul winning stories where I, people I've led the Lord, which we've led hundreds of people, Lord, but these are just some unique ones. And then I have some famous or infamous stories of people, um, uh, like uh, in the last chapter there, I did John Wayne get saved, you know? Well, I found an article where somebody said that he got on his knees and asked the Lord to save him when he was watching them. I don't know if he did or didn't, but I've got that kind of stories in there. Simon Kenton was a famous frontiersman from way back, helped in the days of Daniel Boone. I was reading his biography, and I seen the end where he had trusted Christ as Savior. Because I read so much, I find a lot of unique stories like that. I have stories. Uh, I led two young boys to the Lord that their mother was a palm reader, Madam Kendi, and I worked beside her house, her, her business, and they would come over on my break 
and play ball with me or with two tennis boys. And eventually I got a chance to talk to them. They got saved, and we baptized them. So it's just stories like that, just unique stories, you know. It's been a great encouragement. How could people get a copy of that book? Is there an email address that you have um, that they can contact you with? Yes, I can give you my email address. It's uh, John S. Dalton 75 at gmail.com. It's all small letters, J-O-H-N-S-D-A-L-T-O-N 75 at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Baptist Friends Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. And join us next time as we continue to gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism.